Well, good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. As Shay said, my name is Philip, and I'm uh, super excited to be able to be here as we continue this series, uh, Pray. Uh, if we th- we're honest, if we're, we talk about prayer, a lot of us, maybe we feel like that. And when we look at prayer, sometimes it seems maybe like a vending machine prayer. Uh, I, I loved the girl, like Amelia, she's like, God, there's this boy, something like that, you know, it's like, it's like I, I laugh, I was like, man, middle school prayer, it seems like, and you know, maybe some of you are like, middle school, I prayed that this morning, uh, and that's okay, you know, we pray, and so, but I, I love, so often it seems that we pray like that, and so uh, the vending machine prayer, where maybe we're trying to hear from God, and uh, like that video, often when we don't hear a response, or we don't get what we want, sometimes we speak louder, uh, and so we think, maybe I need to pray louder, or maybe we think, oh, we just need to repeat it over and over and over again. You know, you can think of a kid who's like, mom, 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 and you're like, what? So sometimes we think it's like that with God, where we need to pray, we just keep, maybe he didn't hear me, so maybe I'll speak louder. Or as they said the phrase, man, are you even listening? Are you there? Uh, it's, it's a real thing when it comes to prayer. And so this series we've been unpacking, we started last week, and we're going to be looking at, man, what does it look like to pray? When we pray, what does that look like? Uh, and, and I love how Shay gave a challenge last week. And he gave a challenge for the series. And so if you weren't here, I want to include you in that challenge so you can be caught up. Uh, and that challenge was, hey, like, let's set aside all of our preconceived thoughts our past experiences, let's put that aside when it comes to prayer, and let's just look and see what Jesus had to say. I'm not saying that our past experiences or the past thoughts are wrong, or maybe they're right, but let's just slow down and look at what Jesus had to say. Uh, And so last week, uh, we we dove in on Matthew chapter 6, and we began to look at what Jesus has to say about prayer. So if you have a copy of God's Word, you can turn there right now, or you can turn it on your phone, or you have an iPad, you can turn it on, or the screen will be on there. And we'll dive in, and I want to give us a, you know, we had a challenge, but I also want to give us a caution this morning. My caution is that this prayer that we're going to be looking at is very familiar. For some of us, we could literally say that in our sleep. Uh, it's the prayer where I love you, get football players together, and immediately they all get down on their knee, and they immediately get down. And for some reason, when football guys get together, or basketball guys, they're all like, hi, I'm a football player. But when they pray, they're like, our father, hallowed <laughs> be your name. Like we immediately get deep right there. Like, I don't know why. Uh, it's always funny. And uh, so we're going to be looking at that prayer. And we're going to be diving, okay, as let's slow down. And it's a, Jesus has a lot to say when we look at prayer. And so let's look at the first verse. And I want, I want to warn you, you know, Shay gave me a lot of text to cover this morning. So I'm going to show you how much text we're going to cover just this right here. <laughs> 13 words. Here we go. <laughs> Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. When we look at prayer, we have to stop and we need to slow down and look at what is God talking about here. And what I want to do this morning is I want to break this, this phrase, 13 words, is I want to break it apart because I believe there are, thir- there are three phrases, when we look at this, it's pray like this, phrase number one, phrase number two, our Father in heaven, and then phrase number three, may your name be kept holy. And so before we dive in and really see what Jesus is talking about here, let me pray for us, uh, and we'll get going. Uh, so Heavenly Father, you are so good to us, and we thank you that we can slow down and we can look at your word. 
Thank you for being a close-up God and not one who's far away. Thank you for being personal and reaching out to us. And so, Lord, as we dive in, I pray now that your Holy Spirit would speak towards us and that we'd be able to take away something this morning and respond and apply it daily. Lord, we love you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, again, we're going to be slowing down. And so I wanted to break up. The first phrase that we see is this. It says, pray like this. Pray like this. Jesus says, hey, if you were here last week and if you weren't, I would encourage you, great message on what to pray. And Jesus, when he begins to pray, he, the disciples come to him and the disciples say, hey, Jesus, we want to know how to pray. I'm sure I'd be the disciples. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, Jesus, I want to learn how to pray too. And so Jesus says, okay, you want to know how to pray? Here's how not to pray. And he walks through that, and that's what last week was. And then he immediately dives in, and he says, here's how to pray. So he says, pray like this. And I love, I highlighted the word like, because so often we just skip by Scripture. We just go, okay, pray like this. How do I pray? But Jesus used specific words here. Pray like this. And so often, you know, when you look at movies, I love Hollywood always, like, has something to say about prayer. You see any Will Ferrell movie, and he's like constantly, he starts right, he's like, our father, and then he's like, sweet baby Jesus, eight pounds, 12 ounces. <laughs> and you're like, what? Where'd that come from? But pray like this. And here, here's what I mean with this, is that when we pray, we need to learn how to pray like Jesus prayed, not merely what Jesus prayed. When we, we, it's good to say the prayer, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. But so often we just focus on those words rather than saying, okay, what is Jesus saying here? And this morning we're going to be unpacking and looking at what is he saying in this text. And so again, it says, pray like this. And then the next phrase says, our Father in heaven. Have you ever thought of God as your Father? When you sat down and prayed, maybe when you sit down and pray, do, do you start and go, dear daddy, Dear Dada, Papa, Papi, Big Papa. Like, do, do, we, do, we, do we say those things? Is that what, have you ever thought about, man, God is our Father? As, as a Christian and as a church, we would say that, man, God is our Heavenly Father. He's the author and the creator of all life. That we don't believe there was a big clap or a big bang. We would say, hey, that, that God spoke creation into existence and that he is the father of all life. And so when we pray, we need to realize who are we praying to, and that's the idea that we're praying to our father in heaven. We're praying to our father. And for some of us, if we're honest, the idea of thinking that God is our father is a little hard. Maybe because for some of us, we have had a distorted picture of what a father looks like. Maybe for some of us, we sit here and we say, man, and I, I can't really imagine God as my father because my earthly father wasn't really that great to me. And there are different types of fathers, and here are some of the fathers that I know of, and maybe you had an empowering father, someone who would walk alongside you and just equip you, and you're a cheerleader, your biggest fan, that was there in your corner that was like, man, I'm going to be there for you. Or maybe like these other five, this is the kind of father you've experienced. Maybe you experienced a distant father. Someone who was there, but not really there. Or maybe you experienced a performance-driven father. Um, I swam in high school, 
and I was a lot leaner, and, uh, you know, I was probably looking like Shay, and, uh, <laughs> and I, I swam, and there was a classmate, a guy, a guy that I swam with, uh, his dad was performance-driven. Every time Tim would swim, if Tim wouldn't win the race, man, Tim would hear it from his dad, and all of us on the swim team would hear it as well. Constantly, his dad would say, you need to win this game. You need to win this. You need to win this meet. You need to win this race. And when he would win it, his dad would immediately be like, good job, son. But when he would lose that race, that's when we would see uh, his dad immediately move into a different father, which would be the abusive father. He never, we never saw uh, Tim get hit physically, but we could tell things were happening. And we could see verbally of how that happened. Because his, his dad would be the type that would immediately say, man, you need to be better in this. And for some of us, that's the type of father that we have. Or maybe you know someone who's walked through that. Or maybe you've had a passive father or an absent father. The type of father maybe that you're like, that's not there. And it's so often, this is the truth of that this is the type of fathers that we have. And for some of us, maybe you have a great father. But if we're honest, some of us, it's hard to understand the idea of God is our father because we need to realize, though, that God is our father, that he is our heavenly father. God is not a bigger version of our father. He's not a bigger version of our dad. He's the perfect version of our dad. God is not just a bigger version of our dad. You know the old phrase, my dad could beat up your dad. Like, immediately we always, like, bow up. He's not the bigger version. He's the perfect version. I love scripture would record and talk about how our heavenly father knows each of his children. Psalms, David would write that, man, he knows that even the amount of hair on our head. He knows the hair count. Scripture would also go on to say that, man, when God created us, he made us fearfully and wonderfully made. That he created us on purpose and for a purpose. God is a father who looks at us and says, I love you, I see you, and I know you. And so when we pray, the first thing that we see is, man, our father, Jesus immediately says, hey, who are we praying to? We're praying to our father. And what type of father? Again, it continues, it says, pray like this, our father in heaven. So when we're praying, we're not praying to air or some force we're not praying to something out there. We're praying to our Father, and the type of Father we're praying to is our Father in heaven. And the reason why I take encouragement with that is because when I think about it, I, I see that, man, who the Father, which Father am I talking to? I'm talking to the Father that is in heaven, which means he's above all. He's above all, he knows all, and he sees all. It's the type of Father that goes, hey, you know what? I see what's going on in the world, and I know what's going to happen. And so when, when tragedies strike in my family or tragedies strike in my friend's life or in my own life, I'm reminded, man, God knew this was happening. He wasn't an absent father who was not in the picture. He knew what was happening and he knows how to comfort us. And so when we pray, the first thing we need to understand is how do we pray? That we have to stop and realize, who are we praying to? Jesus would say, when we pray, we're praying to our Father. And so when we sit down, we do say, Heavenly Father, dear Lord, I have friends who will say, man, dear dad, because they see God as their father, and they go, man, and maybe I have a friend in my life who, who does not have that father life, not earthly father, and so when he prays, he immediately, man, this is my true father. So when we pray, we stop and we say, man, dear father, dear heavenly father. 
And then he continues. So the first phrase was pray like this. The second was Heavenly Father. And then the last phrase says, may your name be kept holy. Your version may say, hallowed be your name. Uh, I grew up in Texas and uh, spent 18 years of my life in Texas. And uh, I, I can usually make fun of uh, country people because we rode our horses everywhere in Texas. And that's what everybody says. But I love, when it comes to this prayer, immediately I can always think of people, when a church I'd grow up in, people would be like, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Like, it'd be like, I'm like, why do we get all country? Like, we immediately pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Like, but what we, the, the truth is that there is power in that phrase. I highlighted the words, your name. I'm not highlighting to say, okay, pray like this, our Father in heaven, Philip be kept holy. You know how sometimes you go, well, just put your name there. No, what it's saying is your name, the name of God. Historically, names have value. Names have meaning. They, you know, when we look at the Bible, we can see when there's a name, they has a meaning. It's very opposite of what today is. Today, you know, naming, I have a three-month-old, and uh, naming a child is the easiest thing to do. It is not the easiest thing to do. <laughs> naming a child, because you're like, this is going to be their name for the rest of their life. So whatever I name them, that's what people will call them. And I can think of, there's been kids that I've met, literally, and their name is Leaf. And I'm like, What? <laughs> Leaf here? Like, that would be like the weirdest thing here in class. I also have a friend who literally, their last name was Money. So the parents were really smart. And of course, they named their kid Cash. Cash Money. That might be a win in his case. But names have value. And so when my wife and I, when we have our little daughter, she's three months old. When we were beginning to name our daughter, again, we, we wrestled over that. It was like the hardest thing. And so we finally came to a name, and we were like, we've got a name. Yes. And we had that name for like several weeks. But then my wife comes to me and goes, you know, the name. I was like, oh, no, we had a name. No, like, it's good. Like, we were already good with that name. And so we changed the name, and she was like, well, the name doesn't really mean anything. I was like, what do you mean? Yeah, it does. And she's like, no. Now, if you know anybody, when you, when you say a name, you get kind of protective of your name especially when you're pregnant because you're like, you don't want someone to be like, oh, and you see another pregnant person, they're like, oh, I want that name now. So you're like protective of your name. So I'm going to tell you the name that we're going to say that we were going to call her. And so if you steal it, you know, you heard it from me. Um, <laughs> but the name that we were going to use was the name Britain. And I was all loved it because I was like, oh, Britain Box, she'll be my little BB. Like, it'll be so great. <laughs> But the problem was when me and Kat began to talk, we're like, what does Britain mean? So I would go over and I'd get my dictionary. I was like, all right, what does Britain mean? Land of. <laughs> Land of Britain. Like, it, it, it didn't mean anything. And so we began to wrestle and we said, man, okay, names have value. Name has meaning. And when we look at scripture, we see every name has a value and a worth. And the name of God, you know, even Jesus, his name means Emmanuel or God is with us. And so we began to pray, and we began to go, okay, okay, God, what is this child's name? And we came to the name Eliana. The name Eliana means the Lord has answered. Because as we began to pray, we began to seek God, and we said, God, we wanted a child. We've been married for almost six years now. And 
and we've wanted a child, and God finally blessed us, and I have a little picture of her just because I'm a proud daddy, and uh, all right, she's so cute, red, white, red, white, and cutie, right, so good, oh, that says cute, whoops, I thought I said cutie, <laughs> I've always been saying red, white, and cutie, uh, red, white, and cute is good, <laughs> I thought, yeah, so, <laughs> but we, we named her Eliana because we were like, man, there's name, there's power in the name, and when, when Jesus here is praying, let me go back to it. It says, pray like this, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. It's praying, God, your name, the name of Jesus, the name of God, may it be kept holy in all and through all. So the idea here is that we're praying, we're asking God to be holy. And scripture would write in 1 Peter, Peter would go on to write his letter to uh, the church. And he'd say, now you must be holy in everything you do. Just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. So when we're praying, God, hallowed be your name, or may your name be kept holy, we are asking that God's name would be holy above all, in all, and through all. And for some of us, we go, isn't, so we saw here that God is holy, so it's kind of like a fact. It is a fact that we're asking God, may your name continue to be kept holy, but it's also a request on our part. It's a petition to look at God and say, God, you're my Father in heaven, and I want to keep your name holy above all. So I want to make sure that I respect, another word that we might use is reverence, that I have reverence for your name. And so for some of us, we're saying, cool, I can get that, but how do I do that? How do I keep God's name holy? Because when we pray, so often we say, okay, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, Lord. May your name be kept holy. What does that look like practically for us? And I think there are two ways that we can keep it holy. The first way is this, that we'd see keeping it holy would be showing honor. Showing honor. And what that literally means is what it says. When we speak the name of God, when we speak to our Father, that we would show honor or reverence to our Father. It's so often, if you're like me, you stub your toe and immediately you yell out, Jesus, take the wheel and take it from my hands. Right? Like, you know, like immediately we, we yell or you're driving and you might yell, man, you might yell his full name. And then you're like, oh, just go to church sometime with me. Like, you, like, you know, you try to fill it out. So often we yell the name, but when we speak the name of Jesus, we have to realize there is honor and respect and reverence. Uh, Jesus was a Jew, and historical, historically Jews, they would be afraid to speak even the name of God. They would refer to him as Jehovah. And so even the letters of Jehovah were so holy that they would just refer to him as Yahweh. And they would refer to him because they were afraid to speak the name. So when Jesus is saying, may your name, they would refer to God as the name. Because they, wouldn't, they were afraid to say the name because it was so holy and sacred. And so when we speak, when we pray, we need to be reminded who are we praying to. We're praying to our Father and we're asking that his name would be kept holy. And so we do that through first by showing honor. But then secondly, we do that by praising and giving thanks. The, the idea of praise is that we're praising someone for who they are. So often you'll, you'll look at a friend and go, man, you're such an encourager. Oh, you're such a great storyteller. 
Oh, you're, you're just so beautiful. Oh, man, you are this, you are that. And when you're praising someone for who they are. And so when we pray, we, we need to remember that we need to praise God for who he is, but also that we give thanks. The idea of thanking is thanking them for what they've done. And so we literally, we praise and we say, okay, hey God, I praise you for who you are. And I thank you for what you've done. And so when we sit down to pray, we sit down and when we pray, maybe you're driving down the road or maybe you're in the shower, maybe you're you know, in a meeting or maybe you're just frustrated and you sit down and pray and you take a moment and pray that we would literally praise God. Okay, God, you are holy. You are righteous. And I thank you that you're with me in this moment. Now I ask of this. And so that's how we pray. And the hard part is that life is hard, if we're honest. There's so many worries constantly thrown at us. Not to stress us out, but tomorrow is Monday. And we know Mondays are the worst, right? You're like, oh, it's Monday. And so we freak out. But I love the Apostle Paul. He wrote a letter to the church at Philippi. And he, and he wrote this encouraging verse. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, say that with me out loud. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he's done. When life gets hard, the Mondays are the worst. It's the case of the Mondays. And we begin to freak out. There's an encouraging part that says, hey, don't worry about anything. Don't worry about life. Don't worry about what your boss will say or what your boss didn't say. Don't worry about your family. Don't worry about these things. Don't worry but what? Pray about everything. And when we pray, we tell God what we need and we thank him for what he's done. When we pray, and some of us are so often like that vending machine prayer, we immediately run and we say, okay, God, I need this. I want this. But the first thing that we should do when it comes to prayer, before we run to the asking, before we run to it, we should praise and thank God. This isn't just me saying this. Jesus modeled this for us. The thing I love about Jesus is that he doesn't just say something and go, go do this. And you're like, wow. Jesus shows us what this looks like. There are three verses I want to highlight here. In Matthew 15, Jesus uh, is feeding 5,000 people. And immediately after, it says, then he took the seven loaves and the fish, and he thanked God for them. And he broke them into the pieces. And so we see that Jesus is praying for a meal. And sometimes we're like, why do we pray for a meal? Well, Jesus prayed for a meal. He prayed for his meal here. And we see, then it continues in Luke 10. And this is when he raises his friend Lazarus from the dead. He says, at the same time, Jesus was filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit. And he said, oh, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you. And he goes to say, God, what is he thanking him for? And then I love John 11. This one you can, you can write down. This is a, a keeper. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. Because you always hear me. I love that Jesus prayed this. Because what we see is that Jesus says, hey God, I thank you for hearing me. Why? Because you always hear me. So often, and just like that video, we, we will say, God, are you even listening? Are you there? I'm speaking. But we can take comfort in knowing when Jesus, when he prayed, he was praying to the Father. He said, hey, guess what? God, I'm thankful that you hear me because you always hear me. And so there's a principle that I think we can practice, and that's this, that before we ask him, before you ask him for something, adore him. 
before we run through the list of things, and we all have that list of things, it's like our Santa Claus list. We're like, oh, I got all these things, Lord. Before we run through that, we need to stop and adore him. We need to stop and praise God for who he is and what he's done. The first thing Jesus says, hey, before you run through the gamut, before you run anything, don't worry about everything, but tell God what you need, but also thank him for what he's done. We look at Jesus, immediately we see him, the first three things that he does when it shows in prayer, that he stops and he thanks God. And for some of us, maybe you're sitting here and we're going, hey, that's great, I get that, man, God is my Father. He's in heaven. He's above all. He knows all. He sees all. That's an encouragement. And, man, like, I need to show honor to God's name. Okay, and maybe, yes, I need to praise and thank him. But what does that look like? Practically, man, how does that help me right now? I think it sounds and acts just like it sounds. That when we pray, whether for lunch, whether for dinner, whether for a car to not cut us off the road, for us not to lose our anger, for us not to do something, Lord. When we pray, the first thing that we do is that we praise God. And here are some things that it might look like. Practical things to praise God. Remember, I said the idea of praising God, the idea of praising Him is praising Him for who He is. So when we pray, we're praising God for who He is. We're saying, God, you are a healer. I know you're a healer. I know you're still active. I know you're still working. God, you're the comforter. God, thank you that you're the provider. You provided for my job. Maybe you provided for a spouse. When we pray, we sit down and go, God, you are this. We're bragging on who he is, just as we would with a friend. Oh, man, you're going to be my friend Stacy. She's such an encourager. We should be like, oh, my gosh, you should meet my heavenly father. He's such a provider. We walk through the gamut and we say, man, God, thank you for being my shepherd because that means that you are my good shepherd. You know what I want and you know what I need. Thank you for being the peacemaker. That when I'm frustrated and I'm at the like, edge and I feel like smoke is coming out of my ears, thank you for that small moment where I feel a peace and I know I can just breathe. God, I praise you that you're personal that you're not far off, that when I speak, I don't have to say the words, could you even hear me? Are you listening? We can take comfort in knowing that God does hear us. God, I praise you that you're personal. I praise you that you're my shield. And God, I praise you that you're my father. And so when we pray, immediately we, we praise who God is. But I also say we praise, but we also give thanks. And the idea of thanking God is thanking him for what he's done. And these are just practical things to thank God for. Money. I said earlier, God, I praise you that you're the provider. And I thank you provided money so I can buy this Taco Bell. (laughs) We're specific. God, I thank you for being my security that you give me safety. God, thank you for my family. Thank you for a relationship. Thank you for clothes. Thank you for air. I know some of us are like, air? We think, yes. Thanking God. So when we pray, we immediately run through and we say, God, here's what I'm thanking you for. And I want to give us a challenge, and that's this, that when we pray, be as specific as possible. I've noticed I love when, when you see kids that go up to their mom and they're like, Mom, thank you for this sucker. They go, thanks for this candy. 
but they're like specific. I think God truly enjoys when we are specific with what we have. We can say, hey God, thank you for money. The bank account doesn't say zero. Thank you, Lord. But we can be specific. God, thank you for this money that I'm able to purchase this. I think our father looks at us and is like, is honored that we're saying, God, thank you because you are my father and you're a good father. And I thank you for this specific reason. So when we sit down and we pray, practically, what does it begin like? Before we run through the ask, before we run through all these lists of things that we need, we would stop and we would praise God. We'd praise him for who he is and what he's done. And I'll be honest with you, it's, it's not easy. This week as I was preparing for this and I was talking with my wife and I was like, man, like so many times... There's a lot going on in our life and a lot of things in our friend's life and tragedies and things. And immediately I caught myself running to God going, God, where are you in this? What's going on? And immediately I would feel that nudge in my heart and go, God, thank you for being a good father that can hear me. God, thank you for knowing what's going on. And then I would run through my ask. And so even this week, I would challenge you, when you pray, when you pray, if you run through that list, if there's a nudge in your heart and you go, oh, I didn't, I didn't thank God, I didn't praise him first, you don't have to go, I'll do that next time. You can just do it right there. It's like, okay, God, like, man, I, I want to praise you because I've noticed when I praise God first and I thank him, an attitude shifts in my heart. An attitude shifts. I still am like worrying. I'm still freaking out in the sense of going, okay, God, I want to make sure this is going on. But I know, oh man, he is my father. He's a good father. He's the perfect version of my father. And so he knows what's going on. And so Lord, because you're my father and you're a good father, I can come to you with this request and I know that you will hear me. And so I praise you for that and I thank you. And now, Father, here's what I ask. What would our prayer life look like if we began to, before we ask, we adore what if, would it look like if we moved away from the vending machine prayer and it moved more to like an intimate conversation with our Father? What would it look like when we say, okay, God, like I want to stop and I just want to meet you where you're at. And I'm thankful that you meet me where I'm at. And so, God, I, I praise you and I thank you for this. Because I believe when we, when we seek God first, before we run through the ask, God will meet us. He'll see us. I'm so thankful he's a heavenly father who loves us.